We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. about, about, about. She's Lisa V. And he's Randall Keith. And you are tuned into Brunch Culture, the young professional podcast where everything is up for discussion. Everything. I mean everything, because there's so much going on in the world. There's so much stuff. I, I, the, the era of... I don't know what this is. I don't even know what to call it. I can't even say you can even say like the era of Trump because it's like, I don't know what this is. It's not just Trump. It's like, what's happening, yo? Everything it's the, everywhere is. I, it's the era of bizarre. It's the era of bizarreness. And when you start thinking about your mind, start drifting to things that you like, why is my mind drifting? Like, like last night and this morning, I was wondering how R. Kelly text thread look. <laughs> And I said, "This is you sent me the question to my kid. I Kelly text. Yeah, because you know I'm not. Never thought about it. <laughs> when I was watching the interview with him with Gail, which Gail is the real MVP for being so calm, freaking amazing, yo! It was hilarious, Robert. That was. But he yeah. said, "I've been read. I've been seeing all this stuff on the blog. on the blogs." And I said, like, "I pause." <laughs> and I said, "Wait a minute, you read the blog." <laughs> You read the blogs, and I said, you know what? I'm trash, because why was this the only thing I thought of outside of everything he said that he read the blogs? How is he? And then, this is how you know he lied about all this, because he said he read a blog. He can't and, read. He told us he can't read. Like, and then, like, last night when I was watching uh, the interview, I got in late, so I got, I started late, uh-huh. but he was talking about they texted me, and I was like, oh, snap. Can R. Kelly text? <laughs> like, and I was like, man, what does his text thread look like? Is it like Y with the letter Y? I was just like, I wanted to know. Like, I really Did wanted to he actually to put the letters thread. together to form real words, or? And I, and I feel bad, because illiteracy is not something you should laugh about. But it's just like... You can get a pass I, in this case because it is a little like, yeah. I was like, how? What? Did somebody read it out loud to you? And I told you he had Siri do it. He probably had Siri read yeah, it. Yeah. Now that understanding that, is, that yeah. text the talk. I mean, that talk to text feature is really it probably really works for him. So you know, there's a lot of things that are are able to happen for him that can be done. Or maybe when he says he can't read or write. Maybe it's certain things, you know. I would, I would hope so. I think I'll always have this. Uh, I mean, maybe this is the optimist in me, I, and I don't know if it's. Yeah, I always have this thing of like, hopefully he can like read like basic words, like he can do sight words, but if they get a little too. You know, there's more than like two syllables. He get a little like, oh wait, hold on, what what's happening? I don't really know. Um, 
but the part of the part of me, the optimist in me, is hoping that that's the case. Simply because I'm like, that means legit. You have to have somebody with you at all times. Because as an adult, I don't understand how you navigate life without being able to read. Um, in his world, but right? That might be why he don't have no money, though. I was gonna say I in mean, his world, because and that, well, that's true. Because I was gonna say in his world, he's always like, in order to make a living, there's some sort of contract that needs to be signed. Mm-hmm. He has to, you know agree to do something in some sort of official way um he has to engage on social media you kind of got to keep a post of what what's happening he needs to be aware of the blog so like you do you have somebody with you all the time that's telling you this or you you can do like basic reading but you can't do like uh more a little more complicated words i hope i don't know I don't know yeah. if I really hope But it, it would explain why he doesn't have any money. Because, I mean, if you can't read or write, you can't do business. Exactly. Like, essentially, you're just, people are just telling you to sign contracts. And you could, they could put whatever they want in it. They put that you, they on the royalty, CM music, all that stuff in it if they want. Because you can't, they, I mean, it's hidden in plain sight. Well, didn't he say as a part of the interview, though, that, like, that's how he feels like, uh, that's why he feels like so many people have taken advantage of him. Mm-hmm. And he, he got keeps out. forgiving him. Yeah, he keeps forgiving him. He's like, I'm so. He got forgiving. a big heart. That that interview as a whole was just real disturbing for me, though, because I it, it just blows my mind how he thought we were supposed to believe that somehow he's like a victim of everybody is out to get him. Everybody. I can't hold nobody. <laughs> so I didn't see it until last night when. I guess Charlemagne like made like a song and they were talking about because I didn't so I didn't watch I've only watched the the clips uh, that really come up on social media and then I saw a part of his I tried to watch um was it a, a CBS Good Morning or in the morning or something like that I tried to watch it but you know they don't put the the consecutive the continuous interview in one block they break it up throughout mm-hmm. the show so I was annoyed because I'm like I gotta keep watching this to like I don't. I'm here for one thing. Just show me the interview and let me go. And so I missed some of some some of the parts, like the beginning parts. Maybe I started like 30 minutes in. Um, and so I didn't see the whole hogtie conversation until like last night. And it's just, it's just like. And it's like nobody ever said you hogtie anybody. I don't know if that was the thing that we well, his, tied well, his, up in the basement. Yeah, his wife said that. His, his oh, ex-wife. Okay. Yeah, his ex-wife said that that happened. Um, and so that's what he was re- responding, saying, like, he he don't know how to do that. But it's one of those things that's like, bro, I just you you are better off. You're better off off not saying anything. I think it was uh, someone said he just should fire all his attorneys because who told you that this was OK? Like, you have to know that this is going to be used against you. You have to, even if just in the court of public opinion. You should not have done this. And you, if you did it, you should have done it in this way. He's never been with nobody underage when they got a marriage certificate. Uh, and that's... Uh, <laughs> I've never been... I only see legal and not legal. And Gail says, so yeah. you've never been with anybody younger? <laughs> no. Legal or not legal. 15-year-old Leah. Yeah. Legal? Legal? Not legal. Not marriage legal. license forged? Right. <laughs> not Okay, and then the people in your camp, bro. If you watch, if you watch the documentary, because you should have watched the documentary. But if you watch the documentary, the people that were running in your camp then, they said, like, "Oh boy, said I forged it." <laughs> like, 
he incriminated himself. Exactly. So, like, you gotta, if you're gonna lie, you gotta tell a lie that's going to be believable to get you out of this situation. Not lies that's gonna continue to incriminate you and the people around you. Like, that. I guess he was going, because Aaliyah mom was still saying that they didn't sleep together. Which is, I just, yeah. We we talked about it before. I just want her to just shut up. Just just stop talking about it. Because you, again, you harm the legacy more if you lie about the facts of what happened. I would, honestly, if I was a part of Aaliyah's family or camp or state, I just wouldn't say anything. We don't have a comment for this at all. None. We, We have no comment, right? Um, Let's move and on. Then, yeah. And then he going to admit they family basically sold the girls to him. Exactly. That's, that's yeah. You said <laughs> what type of what type of father, what type of mother would sell their daughter? But you just said right before that, that you are not holding these girls. These are your these are your girlfriends. You're not holding them. None of this stuff happened. But then you say what type of father and mother would sell their daughter, would bring their daughter to me. Fam, look, and that's like, again, you're saying one thing because you're trying to, like, hide this one point. You're trying to push this narrative of somehow you're the victim. But then you come back with this whole other thing that's like you telling on yourself, bro. To say that this family sold them to you, to say that this family is was okay with it at first, but mad because they're not getting money, that implies that at least part of this is true. Like, <laughs> what? What are you missing? How is that not clicking for you? Like, what? One plus one equals two, bruh. We we got that. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's so, it's so bizarre. And I really do, after watching that, number one, this point I got to make, that hair was confusing. Um, You say the hair? The hair he had. I said, was this his hairline? Or this <laughs> one of those painted ones? Those maker hairlines? Yeah, it just was weird. It was too much, it was too shiny. It just. It looked like it was drawn on with a marker. That was one thing that was another disturbing point. But also, too, I do wonder, does he have a split personality? Like, for real, for real. Because it seemed like, it's like, and they said it's two of him. Like, R. Kelly and Robert. But it seemed like it, like he was fighting those two in the interview. Yeah. You know. Like, I... like he may have some kind of personality disorder. Like he actually, it seems like in some way he actually believes like that he's not doing anything. I think there's a, I, I will say that I think that there's some part of him that he has, he, he intentionally views it in a different way. So for, for example, like the, are you holding somebody hostage? Right. No, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I'm not holding anybody hostage. I'm not, you know, these people are here. I mean, these girls are here because they want to be. I'm not holding anybody hostage. They have the freedom to leave if they want to. And so he believes that, but he's not acknowledging the fact that he creates a space or an environment or treats them in such a way that mentally it's hard for them to go. Mm -hmm. They feel conflicted, right? He has essentially kind of uh, guilted them into feeling sorry for him. And so because of that, 
they don't want to leave. I think if I look at like his the account of like what his wife said, his wife, I remember her saying um, something to the tune of she, you know, she felt sorry for him because like he talked about him being abused. He talked about not him not being able to read. And she was a person that he was like really vulnerable to. And so then when stuff started to go bad, she was really hoping and trying like she had hope that that person that was super vulnerable would come come back. So that is essentially him holding her hostage. But she he doesn't see it that way because he's like, well, you know, you got the freedom to go. I'm not telling you you can't leave, but mm-hmm. I'm not acknowledging all of these things that I'm doing. That's kind of holding you to staying here, you know. So I think mm-hmm. it's that I feel like he kind of but he intentionally does that. I am very careful and I understand that, like, you know, mental disease is a thing. Honestly, uh, the the remnants of being abused is is true. That's a thing as well. And I don't want to, like, discredit those. But I get real uncomfortable because I feel like people, whenever people, whenever people say, like, R. Kelly needs help, R. Kelly needs help. I feel like that shifts a conversation to be to kind of make excuses for his behavior and not it's almost like we don't need to put him in prison. We need to get him help. And while I think he needs to get help, he still need to, yeah, go, to, he still need to go to prison. Right. Like, we, security prison. Exactly. And like, also see a therapist at the same exactly. time while he's in there. We, we got to do both. We have to do both. Like you got to, <laughs> bro, you can, you can get the help. But you're going to get the help by by way of prison as well. because yeah, You got to get help and we got to get justice. Exactly. Because you have done this to, to to multiple women and multiple girls. Like, come on, man. Like, And I think he went on the show because he wanted people to feel sorry for him. He wanted absolutely. to gain sympathy. And he wanted to gain sympathy by ways in which, because, you know, on the documentary, he kind of manipula- tries to manipulate all the women by telling his pain and his hurt and his trauma right. and i think he thought he could do that to america and we weren't buying it because we yeah. already knew game yeah yeah and, and I, he was like i'm trying to manipulate y'all the way i manipulate everybody else and we like nah bruh bruh if this were if this were the 90s maybe right if this was like there was one allegation and you know or maybe just the Leah situation maybe people would be a little more uh apt to say hey okay all right let's um maybe we do need to get him some help. But it's like, bruh, this is decades of this behavior and mm-hmm. decades of you denying the behavior, right? And then you said, like, you it never happened. And then you released a song that's, what, 19 minutes saying, I messed up or I'm sorry I did it or I admit was, I think it was the title of the song. I admit. Mm-hmm. So where you go on and say like, yeah, I did this, but I didn't know the age. And I was like, and so it's kind of like, wait, wait, wait. So, so now I have to hold you to some level of responsibility. Accountability. Yeah. Accountability. Cause you understand this, right? So mm-hmm. you, you were able to get around this for so many years and, and people said, well, Oh, you know, well, it's the trauma of his experience. And then now you release a song once it gets really bad and once your pockets and it really is the, the the thing that made the biggest difference at least to me is once mute r kelly really start to gain traction and spotify said hey we're taking this off and this is going to impact his pockets people start canceling shows on him that's when it became well let me i admit and i was wrong and i'm I'm not perfect and all this and it's like wait but why you admit this before because before you had the money the resources to kind of get over and get around this and you were cool with doing it it wasn't nobody else's responsibility even this interview when he started his whole like tear fest of you know i'm fighting for my life is like you fighting for your money because now you realize that you are like 
you're you're cornered and nobody is accepting this anymore. And so now mm-hmm. is this whole low, let me put it out there. Let me, you know, tell you I apologize and let me say like, hey, I have my own demons and look at me and what about me? Because your pockets are no longer being padded. But if you still had the money, you wouldn't have come in and say, you know what? I hear what you guys are saying and I'm wrong. Let's work mm-hmm. on this. That's not what you're doing. So nah, bro. Yeah. It's crazy. But you know what was what was the silver lining in all of this? The memes. Um, always, I just I want to thank Black Twitter, the internet, and everybody who's responsible for being so quick <laughs> with the memes because y'all made our week amazing. It um, made it very very great. This the the ones uh, about student loans and when he was like y'all killing me, I felt like that. I felt that. Yeah. Because I feel like every time I pay that bill every month, I'm like y'all killing me. Yeah. I am look I'm I'm specifically I just want to say thank you to Gail King because he was like getting super hype he jumped up and she just hit him with the Robert Robert the way that I fell out in laughter and I was like I feel like <laughs> this is not what I'm supposed to get from this like I'm not supposed to walk away from this but that joke was so funny cuz it it, were, it reminded me of like Everybody, everybody, all of us, we have a mama, an auntie, a grandma, a sister, a cousin, somebody that when we get real, real hype, it's like the black woman is saying, I'm not, I don't have time for this. <laughs> like, and I'm yeah, not, fi- I, I'm not, I, finna- when you're a child and yeah. you're showing out in the yeah. store, and they be like, it's like, they get real calm and it's like, I'm not finna get out of pocket because you know what happens if I get out of pocket. So I'm not going to do that. There's no, there's no need. You yeah, doing I'm- all this stuff for the dummies that's going to believe that. Mm-hmm. We ain't got time for that. This is not. This ain't it, yo. Like, yeah. And if you had a if you had a black mama, she'd be like, "Calm down." But she was gonna beat you when you got back in the car. Exactly. So she gave you that look, and that's what I kept telling people. I was like, "Zoom in on Gail King's face." It was all of those looks of like, "Okay, here you go. <laughs> he gonna keep trying me." <laughs> and when they cut these cameras off, I got some for him. Like when it's, as soon as these cameras go off, and then he was like, "Is this camera on?" She was like, "That camera's on." <laughs> like, and then she just... said, "But you're not going to talk to them. You're going to talk to me." <laughs> right? Um... It was just like, "Yo, she just wasn't." It, it was it was weird to me too because people um, hearing other sites, I, I watched like um, The View and a couple other shows, and they were talking about it. I just wanted to hear what people were saying about it, and. Um, they people kept talking about how afraid they were for Gail, and at no point was I afraid for her, um, because I felt like his anger was wasn't like pointed directly to her when he was saying like y'all don't want to believe. I think he for me I thought he was talking about like he was talking to the. It was more of a show for the people watching as it was yeah. personally to Gail. And Gail made it very clear that she at no point in time did she feel like she was in danger. And I think, too, she had that understanding of he doing this for y'all. Mm-hmm. He, he understand who I am. Like, <laughs> we, we're yeah. very clear. Imagine if a white woman had to do that interview. It would have been very. I, honestly, she would have been scared. I mean, she would have had a whole series of interviews yeah, afterwards. Yeah. It would have been like this victimhood. Yeah. I feel like it would have really been like she would have been afraid for her life when literally they had Gail in there. It was like at no point in time that I was never. I was never. Did I think he was going to hit me? Did you think he was going to hit you? Or I was afraid for you? No, I was. I was good. <laughs> because it was kind of like. I, you know what? <laughs> I have seen this enough. He, 
I don't care who he is. He know who I am, right? He knows yeah. what's not gonna happen. Like, and I think it reminded all of us that this is Gail's. Like, this has been her job. She's exactly. been a journalist. Like, exactly. we think of like Oprah's sidekick, uh, Oprah's best friend exactly. that kind of tagged along, and like, no, she was like a journalist along with Oprah. Exactly. Like, you know, what I'm saying, I exactly. think she was actually at one point she might have been Oprah's boss. I don't know. I can't remember. I remember there was How there was, was something there was something like that. I I because I, I remember it was like when they first met when they like mm-hmm. first started as friends. I want to say like maybe she was like a mentor or something like that. Because um, yeah. Oprah has alluded to the fact of you know Gail just kind of being like her go to person for many things even professionally. So mm-hmm. I yeah, could definitely so yeah. I think it reminded us like no Gail ain't just uh, Oprah a sidekick. Sidekick. yeah. She is she's she's out here killing it in her own right and she really. Showed us that in in that interview. Yeah, she showed us that and reminded us that, like, yo, I ain't got time for this. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not dealing with this at all. So, sh- shout out to I. I gotta give kudos to to Gail because I just I could watch her in in that interview over and over again and never get tired of it. It was very like, it was funny in ways that I probably shouldn't have been laughing at, but I just thought it was great. Yeah, and if anybody has a any access to any of R. Kelly's text threads, send it to me. I'm really interested. I'm really, really interested. I really am interested. You're really Um, stupid. I feel like you're going to be, you're going to be real, your heart, you're going to be heartbroken because you're not going to understand what's being said. Like, what? (laughs) What? But you know who else did great with the uh, interviews? Jordan Woods with uh, Jada Pickett. And I... Queen Jordan. Yes, I didn't know that her she had that connection with Will and Jada until they did the interview, but it was just like Will and Jada really showed us how to protect your own. That there you go. She really they really showed us. They was like, we've known this girl. She's not who y'all making her out to be. We've known her all her life, and I heard her dad's. I think they feel an additional responsibility because her dad's passed away. So they like. I'm, we're protecting her like now, right, right. Um, and y'all not gonna cover her like that. And so it just like they put, they had enough star power to shut the Jenner machine down because yeah. that's a hard machine to shut down. Yeah, I yo, so I 100 percent agree. I loved and all of this, and you kind of hit the nail on the head. And all of that, the one thing that I said is different, and he, the biggest problem that I have with all of this. Um, ultimately I didn't really care. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't, I, exactly. you know, people being so moved and there's this, the site, the site that broke it, that broke the story, the Hollywood unlocked. So I used to follow that site simply because I felt like they would kind of, they would put pop culture stuff out there, but it wasn't like them really going in. And maybe it's just kind of like my own ignorance. Um, but after this whole thing, I was just really annoyed about how, they kept driving home this point and they kept, you know, I'm not finna, I can't sit by idly. And I feel like I watched somebody tear down this black girl and tear down this black girl and talk about how she ain't gonna have nothing to eat. And, you know, she, the, the, the Kardashian and Kylie Jenner made her and who she gon' she ain't gonna be this without college. Mm, nah, nah, you never gonna have me sign up for that. Like, I'm not, I'm, I can't do that. No. So I was like, you know, I gotta unfollow this site. It's really annoying. But it was really frustrating 
to as I started to figure out what was going on, because I didn't really know what was happening. Once I started to figure out what was going on, I was like, yo, how trash is this that this person was your quote unquote sister and then this happens and now you just throw her away? Publicly? And like your man ain't been trash. <sighs> <since they weren't. laughs> like, <laughs> he constantly and she's talking about it, he broke up my family. Girl, yeah, he, your family like, was broken up when you decided to to build one with him. Yeah. And so it was one of those <laughs> things of like, yo, this was your sister, and you kind of throw your sister under a like a sister, and you throw your like a sister under the bus like this. And I feel like literally the Smith said, Hey, look here. We're going to have a, when I when you are watching the beginning of it, you could tell that to me, you could tell that Jada and Gammy had probably had a real uh, conversation with her, woman to woman, black woman to black woman conversation with her of like, look here. And I don't, I feel like people didn't miss it. But when Will Smith said, as I watched you grow up, I knew, I figured at some point we would, I knew we would come to this point. And so I, I, I took that to mean you've been operating around the Jenners and the Kardashians and you don't realize that the world, you're a black woman and the world is going to respond to you differently. And so I've been kind of waiting for this to happen, right? Because it's cool. Go out and live your life. You can't, it's not saying you can't be associated with them. That's fine. But know that at some point in time, something could happen and it's going to affect you in a way that it'll never affect them. And so we were here. And so, as you said, like, I feel like they were like, this is how you protect your own. Because we love her and care about her, you don't throw this person under the bus, especially not publicly. You have to know that the things that you say, the things that you tweet, the things that you insinuate or allow to be said or confirm or like or don't like is going to pit your following against this person. And your following comes with a degree of unknown, perhaps race racism that you can't control. So, like. She going to get the worst of it. And the Smith came in and was just like, yo, we got you, cuz. This not going to break you, and we not going to let it break you. It is what it is. And now... And you will always have money as long as you connect to that. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I, was, I was all down for it because I was just like, yo, this is, this is what we do, man. This is why I love us. We we can have the dip, the tough conversations, but we not finna, we're still going to protect you. Like I can be mad at you and I can be hurt by what you did. But what I'm not going to do is allow the public to slander you, because at the end of the day, because you're like a sister to me or because you're like a daughter to me or a niece or nephew or whatever. I still love you because I'm not going to let the world, you know, tear you down because I love you. You messed up. I disagree with what you did. I'm mad at you. But the world can't tell you down in spite of like we're not doing it. Yeah. And it and for Cultural some reason differences. for some reason the Jenners and the Kardashians continue to dictate what people think about anything. And that amazes me that yeah. they have any influence over anybody's thoughts, ideas, and actions. That really boggles my mind. Because I don't even understand why they're famous, and apparently nobody else does either. And Kylie, Kylie is a self-made millionaire or billionaire, and we don't think she is because she had Kim. Was the reason that they all became known, and that happened because Ray J um, slept with her. (laughs) And what's they made a nice, they made a little video. That's, yeah. The video with yeah. the catalyst. So it's like 
It's kind of like Donald Trump saying he was self-made. I had a million dollar loan. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Um. So, I mean, I'm not. I'm not negating that she probably works hard doing what she's doing. Right. I don't even know what she really has. Is it makeup that people buy? Yeah. So I think it's a okay. makeup line. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. You know. Um. So I mean, I'm sure she goes to work and she grinds it out. But self-made, I think, for different people, has different connotations. Like. I had nothing and I worked my way to the top. She's never not had anything. Exactly. She had a platform to get there. So in that, that whole discussion of, you know, is she self-made or not? I think, you know, at the end of the day, she's a billionaire, right? So cool. Kudos to her. Congratulations. She has a million to a billion. still is Exactly. It's, it's, it's great. It's success. But when you throw in this whole self-made thing, right? We forget the fact that she's been on a reality television show since she was what? 11 or 12. Um, she was like a little kid when the reality show started. So it's like, well, uh, I mean, her parents aren't broke. Yeah, she yeah. Broke. She was Olympian. Right. So it's like, I mean, are we, you know, when we say self-made, like you kind of already had this platform. Like, yeah, this is not taken away from the fact that, you know, because one will say, well, also, so did her sisters. Her sisters aren't billionaires. And it's like, cool. Yes, I can give you that. Right. I can give you that point of she something about her has been different. She's done something different. She's been smart about it. That's cool. But I don't think that she got that all on self. And even the argument that people will bring up is, uh, well, nobody, if you look at any millionaire, billionaire, anybody, none of us are truly self-made because we all have some sort of help. It's like, mm-hmm. true. This is right. You're right. But I think it's a difference when that help comes from outside of your your circle and then that help mm-hmm. comes from inside of your circle right because when that help mm-hmm. comes inside of your circle you have somebody that is more invested in seeing you grow and in seeing you through to get there and learning those skills has been a regular part of your daily life i think it's like somebody who comes from like a a home where you have parents that went to college right Mm-hmm. And you go off to college and you do great at college versus somebody that comes from a home that had that didn't have anybody that went to college and they go off to college and they do great. Mm-hmm. You know, both the same achievement, but the route to get there is a little different. So we can't give the person uh, that had the, the had the parents that went to college. We can't tell them like, oh, my gosh, you did this all on your own. Well, <laughs> did you? kind of not really yeah not really like you know still congratulations yeah congratulations obviously we're gonna celebrate you no matter what but yeah yeah no yeah it's 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 bizarre and you know what else is bizarre this jesse smollett and i just don't i don't know what's going on this case has confused me more than almost any other case i was i'm just everything is confusion I feel like I don't know whether I'm coming or going. And at first, I was like, when the police department came with the solid evidence, I was like, dang, this man lied about this to get a higher salary? I mean, I I was like, is he on drugs? Because, I mean, like, why do you think that was going to do it? Like, you know what I mean? It didn't make sense, like, logically. And I was like, what? And he hired black people he can't hire it was just a lot of parts that didn't make sense so now they're saying like they don't the fbi saying they don't have evidence to support it but then they just yesterday 16 counts which i don't know how we got 16 
from, from lying to the police. From one phone I, call. I was like, yeah. did he call him 16 times? He called him once. Cause they, yeah, I, I don't understand that. Um, and then Robin Roberts said the interview was a lose-lose. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Um, when it was like, well, the check was written out and they say exercising. I'm like, well, of course he's not going to put for kidnapping in the memo. Um, but <laughs> I mean, that would be smart. But none of this, if he did set this up, none of this seemed like it made any type of sense. Like, it's just so bizarre that it's like, why would you do like the why for me is like, I don't know why he would do this. And then I'm like, is somebody framing him? Yeah. I'm not doing a good job either because it's it just it's it it's so I'm confused I'm lost I don't even know what to say yeah no legit so the reason that this and I mean I've always kind of been on that side of I felt like I think I said before I think I'm the only person that probably believes uh still believes that this is not a lie um and or is just holding out hope I'll say that that this is not a lie um at this point the 16 counts was just like all right. Okay. Okay. Wait, wait. It was one phone call. Cause like, how did we get to 16 from one? What's really happening? And these are like felony charges. Like <laughs> this is really egregious. This is really, really serious. <sighs> how do we get here? I don't, I don't know. And it, it, it kind of makes me feel like, okay, so this almost has to be some sort of a setup. So of course we all don't know. And I don't think it's, it's fair for anybody to conclude anything at this point because we're still like, wait, what's happening? Um, but like, I read the statement from like his attorney and it was like, hey, we knew it's not surprising that an indictment is coming. Uh, what was going to happen? We knew that it's the 16 count part. That's like, what? <laughs> and I feel like most of us, when we saw it. It's like, wait, 16, though? Like and then reading i was reading like this articles uh like cbs news or abc news chicago one of those um and they were essentially saying that um the it came out of two separate interviews that he had with two separate uh groups of like police officers groups of police officers um they said that he apparently told one thing to the first group and then another thing to the other group. And yeah, I get it honestly, but I just don't feel like, I feel like it seems like you're, you're reaching for things at this point, as opposed to like, and it's kind of like, Hey, we're going to make an example of you because you know, we just can't, you, you can't do this. So let's just go above and beyond for everything as opposed to like, Hey, look, if we believe this is a lie based on the evidence we have, um, you need to know, you know, it's a lie. So we're going to give you this, this, uh, we're going to indict you on this thing and we're going to move on. Now it seems like it's like, well, let's just get them on something. Let's, let's comb mm-hmm. through everything and let's just get them on something. And that for me is kind of like, maybe the, the, I don't, if the man is lying after this, like, I just really want to see it. And all of, in all of that, I feel like nobody is telling us anything very clear. Like, I understand Jesse Smollett being uh, silent, obviously. You know, his attorneys are advising him better than R. Kelly attorneys are advising him, clearly. Um, so they're like, hey, <laughs> just don't say nothing uh, at this point. But, my God, like, it just seems really crazy. Yeah, it is. And I don't 
nobody knows what's happening. Yeah, nobody. Even after all of this, well, we've been talking about this for like 10 minutes and nobody still knows what's going on. Like, it's not, nothing's clear about what's happening at all. Yeah, it, it really, really is. And if y'all know, you know, if y'all know what's happening with this, let us know. Tell us, please. And like I said before, you know, if you have that trans um, transcript or anything, a thread of Facebook messages, email it to us. Twitter, email, email it to, to email, Lisa. Because I don't want to see it. I feel like I'm not we, gonna understand it at all anyway. I just want to laugh because <laughs> I just feel like you know it'd be crazy if he's he can really read and write. I had had the store. And he's like, what? He was like, oh, I was telling you that I, I had gone to the store. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you think saying? of that delivered man and how he be talking? Oh, yeah. It's like, that's how maybe I can't be right. I don't know. Y'all let us know. <laughs> Hashtag chat DC. We'll be back with our main dish. All right, we are back and it is time to get into our main dish. Uh, this week, the main dish, we are going to talk about cancel culture. Which yeah. is, oof, Yo, we big. don't get canceled. Exactly. We're talking about cancel right? culture. Jesus. <laughs> um, so this is a very, very, obviously a very sensitive topic. Um, it's so much stuff that's happening. Uh, so many people have gotten canceled. Um, we have been a part of um wanting people to be canceled r kelly um and so i think that you know it's worth us having a discussion about um this is it it's no matter where you sit on cancel culture if you agree with it or disagree with i think you have to admit that we have all based on social media anybody that is a part of social media we have all been a part even if not publicly been a part of cancel culture and supporting the 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 cancellation of somebody for either saying something stupid or doing something stupid or just just kind of being the public disagreeing with them as a whole um and so it's we just kind of want to talk about what that is uh particularly one situation that has happened um the root actually did a uh article on amanda steels amanda steels lord amanda seals uh, and a situation that she kind of spoke about with Myron Roll. The writer's name is uh, Michael Harriet, um, and I felt like his article was actually uh, pretty. It was pretty fair. It was pretty pretty good in in terms of him kind of like setting the stage of the issue, um, what happened, and just kind of saying. So, if you don't know, so Amanda Seals had talked about, I think she spoke on a breakfast club about her engaging with somebody that was a little too extra doing a little too much. Um, and that she just didn't really like their behavior. Um, and then she came out on her social media and said that that person was, uh, Myron roll. Myron roll is a former NFL player. He is a role scholar. He's also in school to be a neurosurgeon. Um, and so he's the guy that you probably saw the meme that went around with him in a football uniform and him in a white coat. Um, and it talked about him, you know, being 
somebody that's excelled in both and and all of these great things right and somebody that the community is really like uh propped up and to be a just great great example of you know what we as black men are doing and just what the black community produces so amanda seals uh ends up saying his name saying that he was kind of the person that made her um take a step back i think is the term she used and then she also talked about there being like her getting dms from eight other women basically saying that he's done some things to them that has just not been made them feel good and she told a story about knowing or hearing of a girl that showed up to his house to go on a date and he answered the door butt naked and Essentially, in her conversation, she never directly said, hey, this person is uh, a sexual abuser or or a sexual harasser or uh, a predator or anything like that. She never said it directly, um, but she kind of insinuated in a roundabout way that I think she said he's not right with women is the term she used. So. Then she came back and made a video and essentially said that, you know, naming names kind of creates a problem um, and you put the person out there, you put yourself out there. And she essentially kind of back backtracked some of her statements and saying that she never directly said that um, about she never directly said that he was like a sexual abuser um, and that, you know, the things that she talked about was from people DMing her. And it was kind of like hearsay. Um, of course, Myron Rowe came out and he said that like he didn't all of these things were false. They were lies. You know, he's never he's been taught to respect women and things like that. So this kind of was the the major thing that kind of started out this conversation that we want to have about cancellation, cancel, cancel culture. And what does it mean when we cancel people? And if we take this situation of what happened with Amanda Seals and Myron Rowe because of Amanda Seals uh, following, um, because of, you know, her really kind of being a a, a big voice on Instagram um, in recent years. If we took what she said and we started to cancel this person and then even with her kind of backtracking, what would that mean? And And we want to just kind of talk about like not so, this situation, but kind of more so like to talk about cancel culture in general, like what, it, what does it mean? So there are other things that are happening um, of people being canceled. You have some people that believe that, you know, the whole mute R Kelly movement is, is us canceling him and his body of work and his contribution to the culture. And, and, and is that fair? And that's not right. And we shouldn't do those things. And so like, what are the guidelines? How do we determine who to cancel, who not to cancel, when to cancel. Is it good that we cancel people? Is it bad? Like who are the gatekeepers for what, who should be canceled and who, who shouldn't be canceled? Yeah. And it's such a sticky topic because it's like, <clears throat> you know, I'm the, the mute in space, especially in light of like R Kelly, mm-hmm. I feel like it's so sensitive. that it's like, mute him all together but then for everybody like have nuance yeah (laughs) and so I think for me I've come to the conclusion that when it comes to mute or whatever I shouldn't cancel folk that just don't agree with muting him all together I personally don't want to listen to him but I personally before this have stopped listening to him so (laughs) I'm not going to pretend that I'm jumping on the bandwagon. Now, one song that I did to still love of R. Kelly is I Wish. I like that song. I wish, I wish, I wish. It came um, out too in my book. 
You said what? I said it can go too in my book, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not keeping it, um, but I'm just saying, like, as of late. Yeah, not feel you. Those were the, like, the, the last R. Kelly's songs I listened to. For some reason, I didn't really vibe with Step in the Name of Love. I didn't really like that song like that. But maybe it's because I don't have rhythm and I felt like... <laughs> It wasn't. If I can't do, you can't you can do that with. You was like, I can't do that with this anyway, so it's all right. It's, and you it's can right. only dance. It, it's it's only a groove if you can dance. Yeah. Um. So I didn't really. I wasn't like that. Was for some people. That was like, man, that was that for the name of love. Yeah, like, that, we, was that was lifeline for them. That was the song that was hard for me. Um. <laughs> even yeah, it's uh, there's so many. I actually taught the like my stepmom when she uh married when she remarried. I taught her and her husband the dance to step in name of love. I taught multiple people that we did like this whole like uh, going around them and like all of the children. My stepmom got married and all of the kids kind of like did like this dance around the circle. And we would like swap in with her husband to like dance with her to that song. So it has like that song. And, and, and in so many family events, we have performed that. I mean, I say perform Lord. We've actually danced to that song and it's been a song that comes in and you see all of the ladies that tell you the older ladies that say like, I'm not dancing. But when that song comes on, they get up and we'll dance and kind of do the little thing. It's, it's, it, you know, it's, I have memories of doing that with like a lot of older people in my family. So that's the one that was hard, but it wasn't ultimately wasn't that hard. I'm good. We still got yeah. an electric slide. If the electric slide come out, then that's a whoof. I don't know what we're going to do, but okay, go ahead. Keep talking. Just yeah. So it's kind of like, I feel like in a sense that cancel, cancel culture needs to be relative. And I say that to say, what I mean by that is that if you're going to cancel a person, mm-hmm. then you shouldn't, you shouldn't necessarily make it your life's mission to cancel everybody who won't cancel them with you. This is this. Am I, I making sense? Yeah. So because I feel like people are saying like, "Oh, if they're not canceling them, they're trash." And I feel like, I guess we overuse trash. Now I do think it is trash for a daycare worker to use her money to bail out. Our that she barely have because she got <laughs> one point two million dollars after taxes. She probably walked away with like six or seven hundred thousand dollars. And so she gave a hundred of those thousand dollars yeah. to our and like, whoever her friend is she known just, for quote unquote five months. I'm sorry. Yeah. That just really blew and, my mind. And whoever just gave him the money to get out for the child support. That's Oh, somebody you, you gave know, him the money for that? Yes. Yes. Uh, he's getting out. I just saw that. Um, whoever keeps giving him money and it seems who like lives weird. on this earth. My gosh, I'm so <laughs> sorry, but where I do these people like, come from? Listen, <laughs> I have a whole nonprofit and y'all giving people I have a whole set of student of loans jail. that I feel like you could just, and I'm doing good. Like, <laughs> yo, for real. Like I'm out here trying. <laughs> And y'all out here giving money to R. Kelly to get out of jail on some charges about to molestation. To do the same things. The <laughs> girls are still there. They are still telling people that they're not being held against their will, but they can't answer questions about what they can and can't do. Ugh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's trash. But there are some people that refuse to like not. They just, for them, like they... Bill Cosby, they still gonna watch the Cosby show. They still gonna listen to Step in the Name of Love. 
but they still think what he's doing is wrong. You know what I'm saying? They've right. disconnected the art from the artist, in a sense. And so if they have that conviction where they're still saying, no, he needs to go to prison, but as he rots in prison, I'm still going to step in the name of love. Like for that, I'm not going to be like, oh, you're a trash person. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that, okay. I mean, for me, I might can't separate the artist and the artist. But if you can, I'm not gonna throw I'm not gonna cancel you for that. Right. Now I cancel R. Kelly, but I'm not gonna cancel every person that's still stepping in the name of love. And I think we just you know, I think it's like can we just not be can we do both? Can we walk into gum? Can I like I, it might be my conviction that I don't need to listen to Step in the Name of Love, but do I have to cancel you because you still listen to it? Right. And I feel like social media doesn't get that room. They're like, if everybody who still listen to R. Kelly, you trash. Yeah. It, it, um, essentially, what you're saying is like, give people the freedom to kind of make their choice um, mm-hmm. for how they want to do it. And it's like where your conviction lies. Um, I experienced that. So I was actually on a trip with one of my homeboys and we were like, driving um and he has this playlist which to me it seems like all r kelly he's like hey they are all kelly man like it's it's other stuff in here but like he was playing it well i don't want to hear this bro and so you know you do what you want to do you do where you where your convictions lie. you know it's fine that's cool i don't want to hear it um and he's like well this is like one of the albums that wasn't that popular so this is like i mean he's not making a lot of money off this album and i downloaded it and so he's not getting you know streaming dollars from this and all that and that's cool and i was like yo bruh you don't have to explain this to me like it's okay like i am just you know i made my comment about so we gonna listen to r kelly that's (laughs) <laughs> okay all right so i took i took out my headphones put my bowls in my ear and i just paid attention to game of thrones i'm like i'm not you know i don't want to hear this don't ask me about he's like well you're a person that likes lyrics listen to this lyrics i'm good i don't want to hear those lyrics and that's me that's me personally so while and i i do support canceling r kelly and i i try to later on i end up explaining like hey when i say like canceling r kelly I think it's one thing for somebody to have done something and and, you know, for us to deal with what they have done historically um, and people, but he's still doing it. Right. Girls are still actively being involved and engaged with this. Right. We we there's the mom of the one girl that was in the documentary, Dominique, like the mom is is this is very recent this was what last year um that this happened that she was going through that so it's kind of like you know him supporting him and supporting money going into his pocket creates a space where he can continue to do this and he's not doing this to the affluent girls he's doing this to the less affluent girls he's doing to this this to the the hopefuls the people that are dreaming he's playing on the parents that have hope and dreams and probably see them allowing their daughter to associate with him, bringing their daughter to his concert while we can all say like it's wrong and it's not uh it's not right. I think it was Lonnie Love that said, but hey, what if they did not do that, right? And there seemed to be an opportunity as parents, do they feel like they are not supporting their child and their child's dream? And their parents who probably once had a dream outside to do something outside of the the normal you know go off and 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 get a degree 
and get a corporate job and and tr- climb the corporate ladder. They had a dream once and they c- maybe sacrificed that dream to take care of their 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 child or for whatever reason. So there's a part of hope in them, too, that he's playing on. And so we have to be understanding that a part of that. And I was like, yo, that's fair. That actually is a very fair assessment of that. And I don't think, you know, we realize that. So me canceling R. Kelly is canceling his ability to continue to do this today. Right. It's not about like, oh, well, you know, he married because we all whether we forgave him or turned a blind eye to it. We knew Aaliyah happened and we all were just like, OK, Especially the, the people that are, you know, our uh, the, our parents age and things like that. Like we were kids, so obviously there's not much we could do. But it's like we heard of those things or knew or believed that they were true. And we just kind of gave them a pass. So it's like, bro, you already got your one pass. I'm not going to keep giving you a pass for something that is actively happening now. Um, yeah, we're not doing that. Like, that's not. Yeah, no, 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 no. We, we're not going to do that. That's that's not how we're going to play this game and that's not how this should work. So for me, it's like, yo, cancel him. Absolutely. Uh, because of what's happening now. But I, I also believe that I think when we talk about cancel culture, I think, you know, we have to make sure that people are allowed to have their individual choices. Um, and we don't collectively take away those choices by saying that, you know, the, we all agree that, R. Kelly should be canceled. And then I have somebody that says, well, I still like this song and I still want to listen to him. And me be like, you know what? You're the worst. I'm never going to be around you. I can't talk to you. It's kind of like, I mean, do your thing. Like, I disagree. We just probably not going to talk about that. I'm not going to be around. You know, if I had a choice to not be in that car, then I probably wouldn't have been in the car. It's like, okay, I'm just going to do something else. Like, you know, it's fine. Like this doesn't have to be a thing that we fall out on. Um, Cause that's if I think you're ignorant. Okay. And you probably think I'm ignorant because I am saying, Hey, this song that I have all these like historical memories with, I'm just never going to play. I don't think it's anything wrong with that. Um, it's kind of that quote unquote, agree to disagree thing. Um, but I think what, what you're saying and what I think one of the things we should be mindful of is like, Hey, are we kind of forcing people to, uh, put on this mask of what they support and believe publicly, but do something else privately because. Yeah. Cause I think we're forcing people to be fake. Exactly. And and because it's like, okay, I feel like people like feel like they have to be angry at the same thing that makes you angry. And right. I'm not talking about things that are illegal. Now we should all be upset. We should. We are all clear that R. Kelly needs to be canceled. Right. We are all clear on that. But I'm saying, when it comes to things like whether I sit, still listen to his music and people are silently bumping it, they just don't bump it when they get in your car. And then they're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, man, I cancel." You know. And it's not. And then you start getting fake people in relationships right because they feel like they can't be genuinely you without being themselves without being canceled and so and i and and to push it from the extreme of r kelly just the day-to-day interactions with people it's like well what do you think of this and they feel like well i gotta look through your twitter line to see what you think about it before i tell you what i think about it because i don't want you to cancel me right right And I feel like that's the point we're getting to now. Like, I got to feel like, okay, let me see what you think about this. Uh, I I know one particular friend who's very outspoken on social media. And then it's like, oh, man, they posted something that they were offended by. 
And I was like, oh man, are we supposed to be offended by that? Like it would, it like didn't resonate with me the same way. And even when they explained it, I was like, oh, okay, I guess. Like, and they was real passionate about it. So it made me feel like, you know what? I'm just going to be quiet because I don't want you to get upset. Because yeah. I don't really got the same reaction about that. I don't know if it's life experiences, the reason why it's not hitting me the same. But it's like, can you give me an app that's supposed to tell me like what I'm supposed to be angry about? <laughs> like, so I'll know like <laughs> what I'm supposed to be mad about like right now. Yeah, I really truly feel like the key is just kind of like I'm going to give you the space to be uh bothered by or not like or disagree with whatever it is that you know hits home for you and i'm going to be open to try to understand it right and if it's not a thing for me i'm not going to diminish your oh you shouldn't care because no like that's hey that that affected you that offended you let's talk about it right like that's cool mm-hmm. like let's let's have a conversation about but don't how you got me because i'm not feeling the same way about it as you Exactly. And, and, and I guess for me, it's more of, cause I, I haven't had the experience of anybody like wanting to cancel me, but more of me just kind of seeing like, Hey, I feel like we kind of have, I, I'll talk about it from the standpoint of like the whole Gladys Knight thing. Right. And I just remember <laughs> gosh, I, I'm seeing people and it's always the internet. I laugh because I'm just like, these are these are moments that I really feel old when I saw people saying like uh, Gladys Knight Aretha was better uh, or glad and it was like wait hold on hold on hold on now wait guys I'm sorry <laughs> we're not gonna I think Auntie Gladys need to shut up too right but canceling Gladys like I what what is that doesn't even sound right like I can't even you know. How do we even get to this space? I think we got to understand that this idea of canceling people can be very dangerous. Right. And, and and not only dangerous for public people, but dangerous for us as you know, people that don't have as big of a platform as the next the next person. Because the Internet, right, is it's it's continual. It's here. What you put out there will always be out there. In 20 years, something that we've said on the podcast, something that we've posted on our social media, I know that Facebook's like whole, you know, remember when you said this five years ago? I hate those things. Um, (laughs) I hate them because I'll look at the grammar and I'm just like, oh, my gosh. And I was a college student, like seeking a college degree, getting like A's on papers. And this is what I was putting on the Internet. Um, or it was overly emotional. I was posting in the subliminals of like, you know, if a person don't do this, like yada yada. And it was just like, bruh, get out your feelings. Like that whole thing, just from that space. So imagine, you know, 20 years from now and these things are out there. It's like, am I going to be canceled? Because that was what my what I felt in that moment. And maybe I was ignorant. You know, maybe I didn't have all the, the pieces to the puzzle um, maybe I didn't know something or maybe I just kind of went in out of ignorance. Right. Or just having a bad day. And like now I'm being canceled for something then or somebody is kind of generally associated. something. I think it's that thing that's like we kind of we got a halt on this whole like let's collectively cancel somebody. Yeah, because um, I almost canceled myself. Read my Facebook memories. Yeah. I, You'll be close to doing like, it. Yeah. You'll, speaking of subliminals, I was like, man, I was really that was that was petty. And that was really 
immature. Like that was stupid. Right. You post that. Exactly. And you look back and it's just like, whoa, but imagine that idea of you being canceled in the future based on this. It's real like, this is not, this shouldn't be happening. This is not what needs to happen. How do we get here? Like, no, but I say that too. And I say, Hey, I am okay if as an individual, right, I say that I'm going to cancel. We'll go back to R. Kelly. If I say that, hey, I'm going to cancel R. Kelly and you say that you're going to cancel R. Kelly. And 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 there's the mute R. Kelly movement of a group of collective uh, people that decide that this is what we want to pursue because we want to cancel him for this reason. If that's what we do and that's what everybody wants to do, that is okay. Cause right. Cause it's our own individual choice and decision to do so. And if the, the, the mute R Kelly people show up to the rally and it's the, uh, R Kelly innocent people show up too. the mute R Kelly people don't need to look at the innocent R Kelly people and be like, Oh, all oh, y'all should go to jail. Oh yeah. Like, no, these let as, as I will probably, I'll be on the mute R Kelly side saying, look, as dumb as they are. <laughs> they got the freedom to be dumb cuz and we just got we just going to ignore them and let them be dumb on their own. Um we're going to have, you know, we're going to engage in a conversation where we can say, you know, here are the facts and here's why I disagree with you. Um here's why I think this is really stupid, but I'm also going to let you go off and 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 do whatever it is that you have the freedom to do because I think and if if we kind of relate it back to what we talked about earlier, which was the Amanda Seals uh, situation, is like if we had immediately went out and start to uh, say, yeah, if we started to take that position and even her. right? So maybe Amanda Seals just kind of spoke too soon. Maybe, you know, and she I mean, she kind of in so many ways uh, uh, started to say like, I, you know, I never said that. So it almost seemed like she was trying to like retract, but then not really. So I don't really know. But <laughs> even in the sense of, you know, her saying like kind of making it insinuating, like, Hey, wait, maybe I didn't say specifically that. So I don't know this part. Right. But because there was almost like this general sense that she kind of put out there of like, so I'm not saying it, but mm, just be careful. I'm, I'm just letting you know that you need to be careful understanding that, you know, there's a difference from somebody just being a creep and being weird or doing some stuff that's like, bro, you ain't got to do all of that versus somebody that's actually a predator. That's actually going out, actually trying to say like, Hey, you know, I specifically, am targeting her because I want to force her into a sexually compromising position. Um, we talked about the whole situation of him showing up to uh, the date, showing up to his house and him being naked. Like, I, and I don't know, I feel like I'm not a woman, so I can't, I can't say as a man, like what, how that makes a woman feel in my mind. I say, uh, if we're meeting to like watch a movie or meeting to like go out on a date and you open the door and you butt naked, I'm probably going to, like, laugh at you and just be like, get the fuck out of here. Like, I'm about to go home. If you done lost your mind, like, what you think this is? Um, I don't know. For me, I don't take... That doesn't seem predatory. Crazy. Uh, seems like you got a, a problem, bro. Like, <laughs> what is what you thought this was? Like, who you thought I was? Like, I feel like I would take it as that, but I don't know if I would say that in itself is predatory because I'm like, well, what does it mean to be predatory? But I think from that act, though, people kind of got in their mind that this is what it was, and this is not to absolve him for any, like, wrong behavior, but it's saying, like, yo, if we take this 
method of canceling people from this space. What are we how how do we turn that around if it needs to be right? Um, if an accusation goes out there against somebody and, you know, we find that that ac- accusation isn't true. How do we deal with that? And I am. And this is I say this because it is even a struggle with myself as well, because I am a person that is prone to believe a victim. I do. We haven't talked about it because we want to do uh, talk about it in another episode. But this this finding Neverland thing with Michael Jackson for me is really hard because like I I am I am more than likely to believe a victim because it's like, hey, from 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 my own experiences, I know how certain things can be. And just from talking to other people as well, like I know how certain things can be and can operate I don't really, you know, I'm not on, I'm not a fan of being like, oh no, uh-uh. you got to show me proof. Nah, cause there's some very nasty people out here for real, for real. There's some very, mm-hmm. some people that will take advantage of a person in a minute, especially a person that has some degree of clout or some degree of, of, of notoriety or power. Yeah. You got to watch them. Right. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm more than likely to believe somebody, but also at the same time, it's like, yo, certain things do make you uncomfortable. And you can honestly say it's because I really appreciate this person or I really love this person or it's just like I've never viewed them in that way I mentioned the whole thing with uh AJ from 106 and Park and I mentioned having mm-hmm. to check myself before because I was like I was like dang man AJ AJ ain't do that and literally telling us like as I thought that was like bro you don't know him from a can of dime <laughs> paint like you don't know this he man. just seems like a square it, dude yeah On 106 and like, Park, he literally like one my boy literally sat on the on the television on the couch when you got home from middle school and he said like the up video the number nine video is mace and you was like oh shoot that's my boy like it just you know what i'm saying like it's like there's no it's baseless so but as an individual i have to say fam pause hold on wait that's what i want to believe about him that does not mean that this other thing isn't true so i gotta pause right and i gotta take a step back um but if somebody were to say hey Let's cancel him because of the allegations. And then we know and we have proof that there have been people um, that have made claims to people that, that have made claims against somebody and come back and say, like, oh, that wasn't the case. It wasn't it wasn't there. Or I lied because this person hurt me. Um, while, just, you know, and, and, and black people, especially Emmett Till. Exactly. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's like trying to. We have such a like checkered past with belief exactly. and lies. Like just historically, black men have been lied on by white women as it relates to rape and uh, all of those things. Um, but then there's the history in black families about incest and, and, and people not, not talk, believing yeah, yeah. that people have been touching their family members. So it's like a checkered path. It's a lot to go through. So it's kind of like you're processing and then one pe- one side is saying, well, look, you know, a lot of black men are locked up because people lied on them, specifically white women. Yeah. Um. So you got that. So one person is seeing it from this lens. Then the other person is saying, well, I was abused as a child and they didn't believe uncle uh did this or auntie did this or you know what i'm saying so everybody's like looking at it through different lenses right. and then it's like well it is kind of checkered so you gotta be like okay i i get what you're saying on this but this is a real experience this person had 
and then your your family member could have been falsely accused. So everybody's looking at with different lenses. That's why it's like when it comes to cancel culture, it's such a layered thing because people are looking through different experiences. Right, right, right. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I and I think it's we we noticing that though, and and the complicated nature of that. I think that we have to kind of give people the freedom to wrestle with it Mm -hmm. um and and say that (laughs) yo i'm human and so i'm wrestling with this and whether you understand it or not i'm wrestling with this specific space i I do think it's a very fine line though it's a very fine line with wrestling with somebody and i feel like what we see oftentimes or at least the people that's more vocal online is the people that will say that they're quote-unquote wrestling with it but then will say things like you know, oh, well, those girls, what was they win? And they had on this. Uh, they went around him and they were enticing him. They had on, you know, these short shorts. Like, uh, if we take it back to the R. Kelly documentary, the one juror that he, that old guy just really annoyed me. But the old guy that said that he didn't believe the women, he didn't trust the women, the way mm-hmm. that they looked, the way that they talked, all of that, he didn't trust them. That to its core was like, so you're not wrestling with it, bruh. This is hard for you. You're just, yeah, you just, you see these black women, you see their black culture, and you automatically think that they are negative, promiscuous, you know, gold diggers. They're out to do whatever. Like that for me is like, ooh, and I can just imagine, right, seeing how vocal Sparkle was and him seeing her on the stand and seeing Sparkle be sparkle talking the way that sparkle talks you know in in the documentary she's dropping f-bombs as she's talking and that be something that he can't relate to i saw an article the other day i saved it but i didn't read it but the headline said um that a study came out and said that the african-american dialect uh is something that jurors can't relate to um and 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 plays a big impact in how people uh, decide whether somebody is guilty or not. Right. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I think that goes into it as well of these people that don't understand black culture will hear something and say, Oh, they're lying. It's just, they, they, they discredit it because they can't, relate to it and they don't see the woman that they see on the stand doesn't look like the woman that's in their circle of influence or that's Mm -hmm. in their families and stuff like that so i think that's that's very different but those are the people that's usually talking right and so i feel Mm -hmm. like that's why it's hard for so many of us to say i want to allow people the space and the freedom to grapple with the uh to to grapple with this situation or to to struggle with you know what side of the fence you sit on because usually if you grapple with it or quote unquote say that you're doing it you're automatically going to the victim or the alleged victim and saying oh they lying and you picking them apart and telling them how they have to basically prove it to you um and because everything that they come up with you don't believe and you don't want to hear they'll never get to the point of actually you believing it and I disagree mm-hmm. with that too. Like, forget that. Like, no, you, if as somebody that is, as somebody that's a victim, you do not need to, you know, sway the public in a way, especially when it's very, very clear that the peop the person or the pub, these people, the public's uh, opinion of this is ill. Right. I think that's why it mm-hmm. took so long for the me too movement to become a thing. Um, because, I remember uh, I watched a clip of Robin Givens and apparently she was like 
people talk about her career. And I don't know if you remember, we were kids. Robin Givens was everywhere. She was the like black female actress that I remember as a little boy. I used to be like, man, Robin Givens, like she bad. She fine. Like, oh, my gosh, like this is cool. And realizing that, you know, today, I mean, how many people talk about Robin Givens? How many people that are not from like our generation, the generation before even know who Robin Givens is? She mm-hmm. played in a lot of stuff, a lot of like very impactful, influential stuff she played in. Um, and so it was like, but the thing that was different and she talked about it, her speaking against uh, being uh, uh, a violence, domestic what? violence and Mike and, Tyson. Yeah. And sec and rape and sexual violence, her speaking out against that put her in this box of people not wanting to mess with her. Um, and so it's like that those very same people made this victim the enemy mm-hmm. and continue to promote the person that was a part of the problem. Right. And so mm-hmm. because of that, 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 that tendency to do that as a culture, it took the me too movement so long to come about. And now it's just like, yo, we know if somebody comes out as a victim, we want to stand behind them because it's almost like we don't want to repeat the wrong that we did. And in many cases, we kind of want to write the wrong that we did. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think it's a very fine line. I agree. It's a very fine line. I think that, you know, we have to continue to have discussions about what those lines are and 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 make sure that we're open to give people the freedom to do that, but also to hold people accountable to not kind of point the finger of blame at a victim when it happens. Yeah, because it's kind of like, you know, I see this. Um, I've seen this with men that say they've been lot. Women have lied on them, so they make their experience universal. Right. So everybody becomes innocent, and then on the flip side, that happens. So there's no room for exceptions in in because everything is layered by our experience. Yeah. And so that becomes the barometer in which we view all things. And so I think that's the challenging thing. But I think, like you said, if you're really wrestling with something, humility comes in. Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, you know what? This has been my experience. This has been the experience of you. So we're both looking at it through the layers of experience. So because of that, I see what you're saying. I see what what the other person is saying. I'm going to humbly, unless this is something very overt and this is very illegal, mm-hmm. I'm going to bring a sense of that humility brings a sense of either silence and not saying you're not speaking out. But again, it's like, let me let all let me let the process take its course before I make a definite stance, just like we're doing with the Jesse Smollett thing. It's like it's a lot. Yeah. So I'm not about to cancel Jesse because honestly, there could be some grand scheme or somebody setting him up. I don't know. It's just so much out there because of the experience, because of the Chicago Police Department and their history, because of the factors of him being marginalized. Um, let me shut up about what the definite is until we get the conclusion of the matter. I'm not going to some go real on. facts that we can use. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to go in on either side until I un- get the real story, because I understand on all sides, there has been mismanagement. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. And so because of that, I'm not going to be 
on Twitter slamming anybody because I may have to eat my words. Exactly. <laughs> and so it's just like, you know, if we keep that same energy and I feel like people know how to do that when the more they interact with real people, because I've seen some people that be going in on social Come media, on but they have a they have a family member that is just as ignorant as the person they canceled on social media, but because they know that person, they still deal with them. And And turn a blind, yeah. Oh, that's just, that's just them. That's just how they act. They just, why you cancel them? (laughs) Right. I'm like, and me and my friend, and they might be that person. They may very mm -hmm. well, you so ready to cancel somebody else, but you won't cancel yourself for doing the same thing. Cause like, yeah. And I mean, going back to Amanda Seals, Amanda Seals is really close to Charlemagne and it, it boggles the mind of so many people, but it's because she has a relationship with Charlemagne. She would cancel a million Charlemagne's online, but won't cancel the real Charlemagne in person because that's her friend. And that's your choice. But again, if you could keep that same energy with just the rest of the world, you might have better interactions with people. Because yeah. people are real people and they are layered. You could look at Charlemagne and say, oh, he's a layered individual. I know him. You know, you might think this of him, but I know him. Don't you think the rest of the people in the world on social media are layered too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I 100% agree. Um, cancel culture. We knew this was gonna be a, this was going to be a long one. I feel like we've been here talking for a minute. Um, y'all hit us up and let us know what y'all think about this idea of cancel culture, though. Um, I, I feel like we can continue this conversation and we could actually probably have a part two, three and four of this conf- conversation because it, it, we see it happen in so many spaces. Um, I would even actually like to explore the idea of like cancel culture um, in our circles. Right. If somebody does mm-hmm. something that we don't necessarily like how we might semi-cancel them, stop really responding to their text messages, don't really, like, you know, want to hang out with them as much because of something that they said or did. I say this because I'm guilty of it. So (laughs) I would like to even explore how we do that. But anyway, y'all hit us up. Use the hashtag ChatBC. Hit us up on Twitter at Brunch Culture and on Instagram at Brunch underscore Culture. And we will be back with our Toaster Roast. Well, we're back with our toast or rose. And today I want to toast a new show that is on BT. And you know, when BT produced stuff, you know, I, I want to say this. <laughs> you tried You said that you, you know, was going to toast them. And then you said, I'm sorry. Lisa, you started off was like, I want to toast. And this is on BT. Well, you know, when BT does stuff, like... I just, I'm toasting them, but y'all, <laughs> you got me crying over here, yo. I was not expecting that. I'm sorry, y'all. Go ahead, Lisa. I, this is I your... want to preface, because I, you know, I want to, I want to think more highly of, of like, entertainment television, because it is our people, and I want to support our own. But, I, you know, I think some of the stuff. <laughs> you know what BT just does? <laughs> they play the movies and they be oh, having those voice over for the And they just be looking like they made it on their iPhone. The new right the old racers. It looked like some of that oh stuff. It'd be so dated. Oh, and Lord. if you try to play it on HDTV, 
uh, high def television. It oh, just God. it looked like <laughs> you can see the pixels in it, the. Look at this page, 1993, and then you look and it says 2018. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> like, what is happening? Oh, oh gosh, I hate you, Lisa. Man, I'm sorry. Yeah, and I was initially shocked. Oh, when it was high quality, like when it was eight, it was for real HD. It might have been 4K. Um, it was pretty. <laughs> so anyway, boomerang. <laughs> I'm sorry, go keep talking. Ignore I gotta mute my mic. Gosh, okay. it has a pretty good storyline. It's follow up to the real boomerang, which I feel like I've seen boomerang as younger, but I don't oh. remember it. I don't know. But again, I don't think it really has anything to do with the original boomerang. It's just that she is the daughter of Halle Berry and uh, Eddie Murphy. Right. From the movie. And they continue the story. So it's a good, it's kind of giving me insecure vibes a okay. little bit. Okay. Um, it, it, that's that's kind of what it gives me. But yeah, she's trying to find her way. I, I, I like it. Cause it, I feel like it's like, oh, okay, these are young professional black people. Um, some of it is a little far fetched, but I mean, that's everything. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah. So I, you know, boomerang. Shout out to that. Shout out to uh, BT Lena. What's the girl's name? Lena. Lena yeah, that's yeah, she yeah. Pro- executive produced it. It was her and um, Halle Berry, right? Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. So I'm waiting for a Halle Berry, Eddie Murphy cameo at some point. It's probably going to come some point during the show. So Boomerang, shout out to that. And I heard my grandmother told me that Soul Train is really good, too. And I saw a clip, and it was high quality. So I just... This <laughs> 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 the photography that y'all are doing, BT. Because no shade, but my friend made me watch the show, the BT. Like, it was about a family gangster show. And I was just like, now, nah, wait a minute. Yeah. Like, did they make this script? Like, who made this script? Yeah. And what is happening with the cinematography? Like, it's this iPhone. So it's just, so when I see BT coming out with a new show, then they had some courtroom drama. And it looked like a, thro- it really looked like a bad quality um, soap opera. So when I see them coming out with well done stuff that looked like, is like HBO Showtime, like Stars, or any other television show. I really get excited because I'm like, yes, whoever you got over programming that picked those, keep them. Yeah. And whoever was doing this old stuff, get rid of them. Get rid of them. Yeah. Lena Waithe actually commented on that being uh, her wanting to bring like high quality stuff to BET. Um yeah. And it was you know, so it's good it's we good to see that they got it. with the voiceover that they made on their uh, racing phone. <laughs> it's good we, to we see that they that. actually accomplished that. That's that's what she said she wanted. So because I'm I I be struggling that they get good talent, good actors that we've seen do good and make them bad. I said, how do y'all do that? What a Y'all just gave them a script that's so bad that you make these people that we've seen make work yeah. look bad. <clears throat> well, shout out to shout out to BT. I actually haven't checked out that series, but I plan on doing it. Um, 
once I get through, I'm trying to get caught up on Game of Thrones, so I don't have time for anything else. Uh, I greatly showed it was possible that black shows could have good cinematography because Tyler Perry was giving us a lot of to be desired. Yeah, the, uh, I would even um, what's the 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 the, the, sh- the other show that's on on um, um really Queen like Sugar Queen Sugar Queen Sugar was really really yeah. good. I um, mean, yeah, they really stepping the bar yeah. up. We've had shows that have, you know, we've had shows that have been in that whole drama realm, but they've been shot really good. I just don't know if BT um, has really. Well, you know what? Um, The 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 college show, the 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 quad. I thought that was that was pretty. Yeah, it was the 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 cinematography could. It was it was a it was medium. Now I don't want to give it high. It was medium. The acting was pretty good. Yeah, I feel like they did they did a fair good job. But shout out to you know, shout out to BET for doing that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I am going to make my toast really quick. Um, and I know I say this all the time and y'all probably be like, bruh, you know, nothing you do is quick. But um so I'm giving a toast this week to the Arkansas State State Senator, Mrs. Stephanie Flowers. Um, there was a video that has been circulating on Instagram. Um, about Miss Flowers talking about stand your ground laws and talking about the gun laws and open carry in her state. And uh, she talked about the fear that she has for her son's life. She notes that her son is 27 years old and that he does not. Um, he moved out of the state of Arkansas and she's actually happy because she's like, if we go into these neighborhoods, we know how these gun laws impact uh, black black men, black boys, black girls, black people in general. And uh, I guess in a a state Senate meeting, they were just kind of loosely talking about, you know, them being able to carry their guns and and, and being able to use force when necessary and essentially kind of becoming the determining factor of somebody's life and knowing that they don't have the fear of their children. So uh, Miss Stephanie actually had Senator Stephanie had a uh, very or Senator Flowers, should I say, had a very, very impassioned uh, speech in which she got real, real. And she told this one guy, uh, and if I don't, what you going to do, shoot me, which I felt like was very, very, uh, while it was probably heat of the moment conversation, it was very clever and showing the difference between uh, him and her. And um, I love when we have people in places of influence that will play the game and then also get to a very real moment where they hold people accountable. And while people would argue that, oh, you know, she was using profanity and yada, yada, yada. Forget that. Like, if you listen to her message and you listen to what she she's saying, and because this video is getting so much on t- so much attention online, um, it is something that people have to be made aware of, of the fact that you have people in certain states that have the stand your ground laws and open carry laws that will walk around with guns on their hips or guns in their uh, in their jacket pocket. And it's an intimidation factor. Um, It's an intimidation factor, especially when you know that as a person of color, you cannot uh, if you (laughs) were to use your force, your gun force or show that to uh, a person that's not of color, 
the response from the justice system is not going to be the same if it were flipped. And so I just want to shout out to her because I love seeing somebody that's on a state level that's really advocating for our rights. Um, and it's somebody that's doing it in a way that it just so happened that this video, because of the passion behind it, got so much attention and it's not like she's doing it just to get the attention. Um, so I don't know a lot about like her, her, her history, uh, but definitely I wanted to look her up as a result of this and i just want to shout her out and i encourage you guys to also shout her out um and one other thing i wanted to say this is outside of my toaster roast i actually wanted to mention it earlier i want to for everybody we talked a couple episodes ago about standing with bennett, bennett college uh standing with hbcus uh bennett college actually did they were able to raise they exceeded their goal of five million dollars and i think they raised something about 8.5 or almost nine million dollars that they were able to raise unfortunately they did lose their accreditation but i know that they filed an appeal and the last mm -hmm. that i read is that so the they appeal, got it so the, the suit is done right uh well I, the last that i heard was that the appeal uh wasn't upheld um, and so I, I that's the, that's the, the the last thing that I saw about it. I think they are still trying to battle to get the appeal to stick because I think the appeal uh, wasn't acknowledged. And so I don't know if they, they did another appeal, but I just say for that, uh, if you guys did support kudos to you. Um, but I want to continue to follow this story and I actually want to continue to get more information about it to give to you guys to figure out how we can support uh, HBCUs again. I didn't go to HBCU, but obviously thinking about the way that I was influenced by like a different world and thinking about the way um, in which the people that did support me and those people that looked at me and wanted me to go to college were people that did attend HBCUs and just having an immense amount of respect for the institution as a whole. I say if you can, uh, Roland Martin has mentioned this thing about uh, HBCU giving day, which if you didn't go to an HBCU like myself, there's a particular day uh, that you can give to HBCUs and you just select an HBCU see you and say hey i'm gonna give you 25 dollars. like i'm gonna skip lunch for today and i'm just gonna give this hbcu just because i want to be a part of the solution and not promote the problem so if you do that continue to go for it and that's my toast i said it was gonna be short but see y'all uh it's not my fault <laughs> <laughs> it ain't my fault did i do that <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna leave with today's good vibe today's good vibe is from les brown it says shoot for the moon and if you miss you will still be among the stars. Hey. And um, yeah, I love that. If you know me, you know, I'll, I'll uh, try to uh, email the CEO of a company if I want something. Because uh, I'm like, hey, you can either say yes or no. So right. take the risk. Um, don't be afraid of failure. Just shoot a shot. That's it. That's all you got to do. <clears throat> That is it. Well, guys, that is going to wrap up another episode of Brunch Culture. As always, guys, we appreciate you for rocking with us, for listening to us every week, for engaging with us on social, um, um, and also for just hitting us up in like our text messages for those people that know us personally and <laughs> don't mind texting us and being like, hey, cuz, where the episode at? Um, thank you. This motivation. We need that. Um, so uh, you guys can, as always, follow us on Twitter at Brunch Culture and on, on Instagram at Brunch underscore culture. Uh, we are also on Facebook. Facebook, 
at facebook.com backslash brunch culture. And you can check out our website, which has all of our episodes and some photos of us. You guys can see what we look like. And we actually probably need to take some updated photos because we look yeah. a little different now, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it was cold when we took those. It was real cold. Ooh. So, yeah, I, yeah, I don't I think. Even e- understand. Yeah, I don't think either of us was like 100% like in love with all the photos simply just because you was thinking about the moment of like, I was freezing, yo. Like, it was real, real cold. But anyway, uh, our website is uh, brunchculturebc.com. You guys hit us up. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you guys. And as always here at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion.